What, what am I supposed to say? I've never listened to a podcast. You're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. You're, you're, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. Big podcast. Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching. Hey, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. Good evening, everybody, or rather probably morning by the time everyone listens to this. But uh, So hello from Big Wheel Coaching headquarters here in the lovely upper Yucaipa, California. Not familiar with where that is. Don't look it up on a map, but do come ride with us sometime. We, of course, would love to see you. I am Brian McCulloch, and we are here with the, another edition of the Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. And I'm here with one of our coaches, dear friend of mine, and very, very excited to have you, Brady Kiss. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. Uh, stoked to get another episode out and uh, hopefully shed some good info with our listeners. Excellent. Excellent. So for those of you listening at home, we um, last week, Joy and I, we did, we did, uh, we featured an article and we went through all of that, and what what it came out was Brady, in one of our business meetings, came back and said, you know, I think we really need to elaborate on recovery and why it's so important for our athletes because it's such a foundational component to being an endurance athlete. So we wanted to – Brady came and said, hey, we need to do recovery. And so what, what you're going to now experience is we're going to do a two – a multi-part series. It might be two parts. It may be three. We're going to see. But we're going to talk about the importance of recovery, why it has such a prominent place for us as endurance athletes, why it gets talked about so much, and and how. what are some techniques that you as the athlete can do along the way. So I'm really excited, Brady, that you wanted to tackle this. And what I love about what you started with is you want to start with like, why do we need to recover rather than jumping into some specifics of, you know, Hey, how much protein do I have to have in my protein shake? You want to really go to the beginning and and help our athletes understand, well, why do we even need to recover? So Brady, help me understand, help all of everyone understand. What do you think as you're, you're the coach, why do we need to recover? Uh, well, well, we're all humans, so our body can only take so much work, basically, and, and stress. Um, and it needs time to adapt to the stress that we're trying to put on the body. So uh, that's where recovery comes in. Your body can um, rebuild and, and adapt to the stresses that we apply via training and, and via life. And uh, hopefully we come out stronger, faster, ready to train some more, ready to race. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and not just hopefully, right? We don't hope. Yeah, it's not hopefully. Get like, right. There's, well, there's plenty of, of research and evidence to support that when you train really hard and you rest really hard, you're going to see improvements, right? There's, there's, a, great, uh, there's a great saying, and, and I believe it comes from the, the powerlifting depart, uh, sport, and what they say is bodies build in bed. And I just love that, right? Like bodies build in bed, right? And so you think like people think of like the gym is like, yeah, that's where I get hard, right? Like I get tough in the gym, right? Like, so, oh yeah, maybe you have your local group ride or you have your coach and 
Coach Brady is assigning you some really hard threshold workouts or maybe some VO2 anaerobic capacity workouts. And you're like, man, I'm going to smash these, right? Like that's where we, as athletes, we think doing the work is what makes us better. But in actuality, bodies build in bed, right? Bodies build in bed. So what does that mean? That means that recovery is everything. What's the point in doing all the hard work if you're not going to get the benefit and not going to do the backside? You can train hard, but you also have to rest hard, right, Brady? Right. Uh, rest is as important or if not more important than doing the work. So you gotta got to give your body that rest. Something that I love that you wanted to talk about, Brady, is, is not just uh, the active recovery or maybe the physical portion of recovery, i.e. repairing muscles, re, uh, restocking muscle glycogen stores, kind of all of these things. You, you brought in something really interesting, and that was that mind element or the, the mindset element. So you're saying that the mind needs as much recovery and release or relief is probably a better word from training stress as the body. Yeah, like uh, every day we go out and we focus on on what the task is at hand in our training, and sometimes it's good to just you know chill at home and really kind of like take a load off and just be like, oh man, it's really nice. Uh, I don't have to worry about my training. I did all the work. Now I just get to chill, hang out with my family and friends, get a little uh, rejuvenation. Um, and yeah, not, not fully just think about riding all the time or whatever, just kind of give your, give your mind a break about, uh, so much work and just hang out, watch some TV, eat some snacks, eat some snacks. Coach Joy would be (laughs) excited about (laughs) Coach Joy would love to eat some snacks part. So, uh, yeah, I love that. So, okay, Brady. So when do we need to recover? Right? Like what, what it's, there's, it's not just after hard training, right? There's a whole, there's, we, we apply as coaches, we apply recovery for a very, for a myriad of reasons, not just after training, right? There's other sorts of stresses that would cause the need for recovery, correct? Right. Um, so like it could be, you just did a long, uh, like a training camp with your team, you know, and you need some rest after that. Just a lot of big days of intensity or, or or big volume, um, long weeks of training, you know, you kind of need to take it easy week every once in a while where you just like been working really hard and you need, need to put in some time on the rest. Um, or like sometimes it just happens where you need a recovery week when life stress is just too overwhelming. Like, uh, you have a lot going on at work or a lot with your family, like, Training can be a stress relief, but sometimes you just need like some time off the bike to do your other work and and make sure that gets taken care of as well. And uh, you can kind of then refocus your mind on on training, kind of what we were talking about with your with your brain. I love that. I love that. You know, I had uh, over the years we've worked with so many good athletes and 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 people that are really just getting after it and working hard. And it was really interesting because I was, you know, I was talking to one of my athletes and he was saying, man, I just, I feel so smashed, but I shouldn't be smashed, right? Because we've been following his data and, and adding the recovery as he needs to after his racing and so on and so forth. But he was feeling extra fatigued, right? And so the really exciting part of through the coaching is that I was able to talk with him on the phone. And we were able to go back and forth. And I'm like, well, 
You know, the data is showing that you're good, but you're telling me you're not. So A, kudos to you for listening to your body. B, thank you for calling me as your coach and, and like saying, hey, we might have a, do we have a problem here? Yes, we do, right? And then C, let's figure out where it comes from, right? And let's now delve into why, right? And so some of the things we went over in that conversation were actually personal things. They weren't like, hey, how are you feeling on the recovery intervals from your threshold workout? It wasn't like, hey, how did you feel on the last climb where we, you were doing, you know, X wattage for tempo for this long, right? What we were talking about all of a sudden, again, this is where the coach-athlete relationship is so, so important, is he was confiding and he's like, hey, man, I've just had a really stressful week at work. There's been some important things I've had to do, um, important projects that have taken a lot of extra time, so I haven't really been getting my normal rest pattern. You know, we just got a new dog and like, you know, I want to, you know, assimilate her into the family and, and all this stuff. And it was really fascinating to me or really, I think beneficial for both of us as coach and athlete to be able to talk through those things, not because I want to be, you know, micromanaging their life in any way, but, but I wanted to give him the confidence to say, Hey man, it's okay. Like, let's take some extra rest here, even if it doesn't feel like it's because of, of a, or caused by a big workout. Okay. So, I mean, do you, what are your thoughts on that, Brady? I mean, that's obviously life stress causing the need for recovery, even outside of what, what would be our regular training load. I mean, what do you see? Is that very common What in some of your aspects? Yeah. No, I think it, I think it is really common. I mean, everyone has other things going on, right? Like no one is, well, okay, that's a lie. Some people are just professional cyclists and this is all that they can focus on. But I mean, even those folks, they, they have other family, um, things that going on, you know, so pretty much everyone is going to have like those really stressful weeks where you just like training needs to take a back seat, you know, and, and those are good times for recovery to where you can, uh, like, I mean, stress on your body is stress on your body. So whether it comes from training, whether it comes from whatever, uh, it's important to get that recovery in and really necessary. I had a really interesting conversation with a massage therapist uh, recently, and she was talking to me, um, and I was just asking her some questions. And this was, you know, during a massage while I was trying to like grit my teeth and <laughs> she was pound, pounding away at my IT bands. But, um, you know, what, what was really interesting to me was she was, she was saying that, hey, light, uh, that stress of all kinds manifests itself in the body, right? And so what she was saying as, as a therapist, someone who puts their hands on people for a living, was saying that she sees and feels, feels, genuinely feels in people the stress from whatever they're dealing with, regardless of whether it's physical or emotional, right? Because we're all working at that, we're, we all have lots of things going on, right? And I thought that was really profound that she shared that with me because we tend, it's so easy to just look at things and say, well, I had a big ride, therefore I deserve recovery, right? Like, like very simple, I do work, then I get reward. My reward is recovery. But what we're trying to say here in this podcast today is that recovery isn't a reward. It's, it's actually foundational. It's a necessity, 
right? So it's not as if you're treating yourself to recovery. Self-care actually has to be a dedicated component of your training. And when I was a much younger cyclist, uh, I had a coach who was just fantastic. And he would always tell me, Brian, you have to train hard and you have to rest hard. And, and to be fair, I was young and, and dumb. And I would just say, Hey, you know, right. I'll get to that, that rest hard thing later. Like that's for the birds. Right. And now as I'm 36 and have a nine month old son and we have, you know, we get the privilege of working with so many great athletes and that takes, you know, I want to give that my absolute best. I look at all of that and I go, man, it's so important to rest hard so that you can be mentally fresh so that you can give everything your best, right? So it's not giving my goal now isn't to just say, Hey, I want to give people or I want to give a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like I want to give everything 110%, right? And how you do that is with recovery, right? And so I, not only am I saying that as a coach for people, I'm trying to say that is like, Hey, through experience, like you really need to, it's, it's a foundational thing to do this recovery and it's something to build into your life because it allows you to get more out of life. 100%. Yeah. Your whole, everything will just, I think go, go a lot better for you. Um, your body, your mind, everything uh, working together. If you get that necessary rest. So what does recovery look like Brady? Like we've got kind of, and again, we wanted to in this podcast discuss recovery conceptually why we you know what it is why do we need it and then when do we need it but like what does recovery look like there's there's kind of two overarching types and, and i hope that like let's we're going to delve into those things but like brady give me an idea of those two kinds and like how are they different yeah so what you're look what we're talking about is active recovery and passive recovery um, and so, I mean, the name kind of gives away a little bit. Active recovery is where you're kind of moving around and you're just trying to, uh, get the move, get blood going back through those muscles, um, bringing fresh oxygen, fresh nutrients, all that kind of stuff that your, uh, your muscles need to recover, but without like adding a lot of stress to them in the process. We want to keep it chill, um, low intensity. Uh, and then with passive recovery, those are just like some things that you can do where, um, yeah, I mean like nutrition, sleep, just hanging out, getting off your feet, um, massage, stuff like that. That all kind of goes in passive recovery where you're not really like moving or doing anything, but all of those little things combined can, uh, can be very beneficial in helping you recover. I tend to think of it like, active recovery, right? That's where I am. I am putting, I am inputting energy into the recovery process. So for example, recovery ride, right? Like that would be something where I'm inputting energy into this to receive a recovery benefit, right? Same thing with like foam rolling or yoga or stretching or something like that, right? Like those are all great things where I think we're inputting energy right? But, but passive is a little bit different, right? Like what's kind of help, help people see the difference. I mean, active and passive, I kind of get it. Like there's action going on, but there's a reason why there's a distinct difference because it's, it's not as if, well, Hey, maybe all recovery should be active. What, maybe that's a great question, Brady. Like why shouldn't all, all recovery just be active? 
Well, I mean, you got to take into account like uh, nutrition, for example, like uh, whenever you get done with your ride, you want to drink like a recovery shake or eat some food uh, soon after there or sleep is really important. Obviously Um, taking a nap after you get done riding can be like so refreshing. I, I love just uh, coming home, eating food, taking a shower and then just donking out for a short time. Um, Keeping your legs up. Like I've always heard um, rice. So that's rest, ice, compression, elevation. Those are like the best, uh, like in the medical field, you know, that's how you recover from injury, but that's also like how we can recover and get our muscles ready to ready to go hard again the next day is, is by doing those things. So, um, yeah, you can't just always be moving. It takes that time of just chilling out and making sure you're taking, checking all the boxes that you can um, to gain any any extra recovery possible. Excellent, excellent. And I want to drill into this this concept of active recovery because in all of our years of coaching and and all of the experience through all the athletes that we work with, I think that something gets lost in the active recovery moniker uh, in that, well, it's a bike ride, so a bike ride is a workout. So if it's a workout, then I need to like maybe get, a little, get my sweat on, right? And so... I think for us as coaches, Brady, it's very important for us to help our athletes that that are listening to the podcast, help them see what recovery, what an active recovery ride, what is the purpose of it, and why are we harping on it so much, right? Because it's like, Ryan, it's just an easy, come on, Coach B, it's just an easy ride. Like, I get it, man. I didn't do any intervals today. I'm cool, right? But there's something a little more there, right, Brady? Yeah, for sure. I mean... I think that a lot of people have a tendency, like you're saying, just to like want to skip the rest and um, skip the recovery ride or not take it as seriously as as uh, they want to. They want to be an overachiever, you know. Like we have a lot of those folks who who go harder in their intervals than they than is prescribed, and and uh, I think a lot of those people kind of think like, oh, recovery ride, like I could ride a little bit harder, maybe hit zone two, you know. Um, but for us, what we're really looking for is we want you to ride as easy as possible on those recovery rides. And, um, that doesn't mean go out on the mountain bike, you know, oh man, there's this 15% hill that I have to go up. Oops. Like, I guess still on my recovery ride, I'll go pretty easy. Like you can't do that. You know, you got to really, really go chill. That's so important. One thing that I try to convey to people or to, to the athletes that I have the that I have the opportunity to work with is like a re- an active recovery ride is not a workout, right? Very simple. Like just get it out of your head that it's not a workout, right? It's not a workout. Hear me again. That's not a workout, right? And, and that sounds like, well, why am I putting my kid on if I'm not going to have a workout, right? Well, it's an important part of the process. And why is it an important part of the process? Because in this particular case, we're trying to to draw active actively we're trying to draw nutrient rich blood into the areas which we leave waste product all the time i.e. lactic acid and other product other to, you know toxins within the body right you've heard free radicals and all these things okay so you're going on an easy ride recovery ride well 
my zone one Brady is up to 170 watts. So like I should just ride like 169 watts or what, man? <laughs> no, I ride as easy as you can. Like uh, you're not you're not gaining anything by going and riding at 170 watts. Like you're not gaining anything by going and riding at 100 watts. What you are gaining is you're gaining recovery. So if you can ride easier, then then definitely ride easier. Uh, no no sense pushing it on any easy ride. An important metric that I think that we should share with people, you know, the folks that we coach get a lot more in depth on this and we share go through it with them. But like, you know, just generally like, man, an intensity factor is a, a training peaks metric that that is often used that I, I like to use for this particular ride. And that's, I just think people should be able to ride at a 0.5 intensity factor or less. And, and again, like you said, we work with a lot of people that are type A, they're hustlers, they're ass kickers, they're go-getters, right? And they want to be the best they can be. So they're like, hey, well, I want to do every, I want to optimize everything. And what I would love to communicate in this podcast is that overachieving is fantastic and it's going to serve everyone well. I love it. Okay. But overachieving on a recovery ride, that's about like less, 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 right? So don't think it's like, well, it has to be an hour for it to be effective. Well, no, maybe 45 minutes is, right? Technically speaking, the least amount, the, a recovery ride is the least amount of work necessary to be able to trigger oxygen-rich blood to enter the muscles, evacuate the waste product that's there, because of course, once the new blood comes in, old blood leaves, right? So you finish a training, a hard training session, no matter how long your cool down is, there's still waste product there the next day. And so the recovery ride is to help evacuate that. Okay. So I want people to think of active recovery as the least amount of energy possible, right? To be able to trigger the benefit of recovery, right? So we're just trying to get the body to do what it naturally will do. We're just doing it faster. So for example, if you were to take the passive side and I'm just going to take a day off my bike, right? Like, why not? That's, that seems like, well, Brian's telling me overachieving is less wattage. So why don't I just not ride at all? Yeah. Then you still have that, uh, unless like, I mean, your body will eventually work out those, uh, waste products on its own, but like you were saying, it just takes a little bit longer. So, um, with the active recovery, you can speed up that process and push it out. If you do passive, like it's going to happen maybe with some compression or something like that to aid it. Um, that helps stops blood pooling or whatever, but, uh, just speeding up the process a little bit with the, with the active recovery. One thing that I think is important for us to share with everyone, Brady is like in active recovery, like maybe a lot of people already know this. So if this is obvious to everyone, I apologize, but I think it's worth communicating. Okay. Your blood in the body, like we, we talk a lot about vaso, you know, vasoconstriction, right? So your, your veins getting smaller, right? But they also have dilation where they get bigger, right? So what does that mean? That's like, they're like pipes, you know, they're like plumbing pipes in your house. And if they would get bigger and smaller, right, there would be more flow and less flow, right? So no one likes to take a shower with low flow or low pressure, right? Because then it's just like the water just trickles out. Right. And so what's really the way we need to kind of recognize our body's work is that when we're seated here, the majority of our blood is in our organs, 
you know, in our abdomen and our lungs and our head, right? Like the inner brains. That's where the majority of it is. If I get up and start doing jumping jacks, right, or running in place, all of a sudden through vasodilation and vasoconstriction, what happens is all of that blood moves away from the vital organs and into the skeletal muscle, right? So, okay, that moves into whatever that is. If I'm running in place, it's moving into my legs and my back and all the muscles that I'm using, right? So the reason why we're telling people like, hey, go easy on the recovery ride, but actually take it as a recovery ride instead of doing passive recovery is because of that vasodilation and vasoconstriction. So where people can, you start pedaling. So Brady, you and I jump out and we're going to, hey, we're going to have a business meeting while we ride today. We're going to do active recovery ride. Okay. We're going to go out and ride. As soon as we're riding, we're triggering blood flow through vasodilation and vasoconstriction to the muscles that we've been torturing in our training. Right? So like all of a sudden we're riding and the, the quadriceps, hamstrings, glutes, calves, you know, everything, that's where the blood flow goes. So that's really important for people to understand that's the purpose of active recovery, right? Yes, rest is super important and there is absolutely a place for passive recovery. But when we're talking about doing less on the recovery ride, I'm talking about doing the minimum amount necessary to trigger that vasodilation, to trigger that vasoconstriction so that the the blood flows away from the internal organs, flows into the skeletal muscle, and then you get that, like you said, nutrient-rich oxygen, the oxygenated blood flows in, evacuates waste product, bada-bing, bada-boom, good night's sleep, we're ready to train tomorrow, right? Right. That's how it's done. I mean, but, I mean there's some other techniques that we can, uh, we can employ as well. Um, besides recovery ride, uh, and you kind of mentioned them earlier, but one thing that uh, you and I are a fan of, we like to hit up the old yoga studio, uh, get our flow on. Um, and that can be like kind of the same thing, you know, getting those, uh, getting the blood flowing through all those things and uh, really focusing on breath too. And I think that can help out with uh, recovery as well. So Brady, You've been exploring yoga for some time now as a recovery technique, both for mind and body. And it doesn't take anybody but with a Google machine to be able to just be like, okay, yeah, like yoga is kind of like, it's kind of a thing. It's trending, right? But there's something more to yoga for an endurance athlete that maybe the average fitness buff isn't picking up on or can't benefit from like the endurance athletes can. What what do you to you, what is that with yoga? What's the what's the draw for you as a, as an active recovery technique? Um I don't know about that one, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So Brady, you've been using you've been doing a lot of active recovery, a lot of yoga. Okay. And you, one thing you told me that has really shaped your experience with yoga has been the breathing, right? And how that that can bring relaxation to the whole body in a way that static stretching just can't do, right? Because we all grew up in public school and it was like, hey, touch your toes, hold it, tug on it, like get those hamstrings loose, right? And 
that in therein lies the I think the key and the benefit of yoga for so many cyclists is that you can actually generate length or create length. The body will give you length in the muscle through yoga, but not in the same way as maybe we experienced quote unquote stretching in the past, right? Right. Yeah. Definitely breathing into the moves helps you, uh, you can go so much deeper and just learning how to control that breath, like, uh, can help you, I don't know, while riding or doing with anything like produce force, like you're, you're so much stronger when you use your breath to your advantage rather than just like having it be a, some passive thing that's going on in the background that you don't ever think about. Like, if you start thinking about it and really practicing on using it uh, during certain movements, it can really like change how the movement feels and you can go deeper, go harder, stronger. Breath is very powerful. There's a component of yoga that's called pranayama, okay? And there's some wonderful books on pranayama. And there's classes, and, and I've, I've been to some of those classes. And when I've gone to pranayama classes, my I just thought, wow, what an incredible thing for athletes of all ability levels, right? To be able to, like you said, actively breathe in a way that could enhance your performance, okay? And that's a little bit beyond the scope of this particular edition of the podcast, but maybe I think this could be like something that we do it, do an episode on all by itself. But, but Brady, you're, what you're trying to say is, Hey, like if you can breathe properly, you can create length in the body and relaxation at the same time and have some of that mind, the, the relaxation that can come from meditation. So there's so much power in just learning how to do that. So what's the best way to do that through yoga, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, the, I mean, the teachers that we've been, had, um, they're really like always reminding you like, okay, focus on your breath and really breathe through this movement. And, uh, yeah, I can tell a huge difference when, when I get out of my breath cycle versus being in it, like so much more relaxation and, and lengthening, um, for sure. I love that. Now, there's a particular kind of yoga that we like to prescribe for folks, right? That we that we think all I, there's so much good yoga. So I don't want you to, to I don't want our folks at home to like take from this that like hey this is the ticket, right? But but Brady, there's a particular kind of yoga that is very very good for quote unquote active recovery, right? Yeah. Um... Yin yoga is, uh, is very restorative and, um, it's really slow movements that you hold for a really long time. And, um, it's just so good. Like, I think that as far as recovery goes, yin yoga is really, really what we're looking for. But I mean, there's definitely, uh, other times for other types of yoga, like power no yoga doubt. or whatever. For sure, for sure. No, there's no doubt. There's lots of lots of benefits for endurance athletes with all sorts of yoga. But since we're really drilled in on active recovery, something that that I always try to share with my athletes, and I know Brady, you've been you've been doing the same with yours, is that I think of like what an opportunity an active recovery day could be. So, for example, you have an athlete. Let's say it's a gentleman, you know, masters rider, 
He's doing grand fondos and things. And, you know, he's riding five days a week. So he's riding five days a week. He's dedicated. He's getting after it, right? That's fantastic. But let's just say Friday, he's got a recovery day. Okay. He can take an active recovery ride, right? Or maybe he can do some yoga. Maybe his wife is really into yoga. What do you think, Brady? What what is yeah. your solution to that particular to, <laughs> to that particular athlete you're coaching? What do you do? You got to go for the wife bonus points. Uh, she'd be pumped if if you would go to yoga uh, with her and and like that's another way to get after that active recovery. So if you can score the bonus points and still get the benefits, like I'd definitely send yoga over over the ride on that day. Yeah. I think that's great. That's great coaching advice. It's great life advice, right? Maybe even great marital advice, depending on, uh, you know, who, who's receiving it. But that is something that, that we've had so much success with for worth folks to be like, Hey man, like an active recovery day, whether our athlete is a male or a female, right? People are so, our athletes are so dedicated and I'm inspired by them and all the sacrifices they make, but there's easy ways to incorporate your family into it because cycling can be endurance sport as a whole can be a very lonely process, especially if you're a triathlete, you know, certainly if you're a runner, but like cycling is obviously the most social out of all of those things, but it's not always social with our partner. It's not always social with our family, right? So say you have kids, right? Active recovery, ride. Take your kids out for a ride, right? Take your wife out on a ride, right? Take your husband out on a ride, right? You know that he needs to get out and get moving again, right? So I think that active recovery, it's not just something that's really important for us as athletes. Let's look at us as humans and the whole ecosystem of our athletes, right? And think that this could, this by embracing this foundational and fundamental component of training, you as the athlete can in, bring in your family and make them a part of your journey. Who, who, you know, how much more fun. In fact, I'll tell you, one of my athletes really took this advice to heart and he now like Friday night is date night with his wife and they go to yin yoga and, and then they have a, a dinner with them with away from their kids. Right. So that's their date night that they do. And it, and it's the best recovery for him. Right. He shows up to his Saturday workout fresh and ready to take it on. And he is having breakthroughs, not just because the workouts are good and the training and he's dedicated to the, to the training plan. He's having benefits because, Hey, he's taking his wife out for yoga and his wife loves him for it. Like I just, I, I couldn't be more happy or proud for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and definitely, I think that your family would like to join you on your active recovery days rather than like uh, they wouldn't be too pumped if you took them out on interval day. So I think if you're going to do it, that's the time. That is the time to do it. That is the time to do it. I love it. I love it. Hmm. So what else have we got here, Brady? We, you've got a great outline. We've talked about, you know, why we need recovery. You know, what is recovery? When do we need it? We've talked about what active and passive recovery looks like, and we really kind of delved into active recovery. But one thing we really didn't talk about is foam rolling, right? That's active recovery. I mean, some people might say that that's passive, but I'm going to say that based on our definition of it, like that requires energy input. So take some effort. So right. foam rolling, we're going with active recovery, right? 
Yeah, I would say active because you're you're still moving around. Um, foam rolling is is good stuff. Like, not all of us want to shell out the cash to go get massage all the time, but uh, you got your trusty foam roller. You can just kind of do it at home and um, really like take your time on the problem areas. But just uh, it's so nice just to sit on that foam roller and roll around and and feel it throughout your body, like man, I get so loosened up and, and feeling real good after I do a solid foam rolling, uh, like do some work, you know? That's awesome. That's awesome. And one thing I think we're going to link to in the article, uh, or rather in our newsletter and, um, you know, on the website post and all this stuff, it will have a link to a training peaks article that says why, when, and how to foam roll. Right. I think that's really important because it can be most people, if they've ever utilized a foam roller, like a hundred percent, that's like a torture device, right? It's a hundred percent a torture device. So you have to like kind of get in the men, the mindset of like, okay, I'm going to get after these IT bands and it's going to hurt. Right. So maybe let, let's, let's talk through that. What did you take from that particular article? It's a short article. It's a quick read for everybody. We hope that they'll, that they'll take a, it's definitely worth, it's definitely worth the three minutes it takes to read it. And it's very, very powerful. So what did you take from that article? Brady? Yeah. Um, just like think it. So right now it says when you're doing highly repetitive movements, such as biking, you're typically overusing some muscles and underusing others. Um, so things kind of can get unbalanced and then things get tight because other things are working hard. So this is just a good way to kind of release uh, that fascia, which holds the muscles and makes them really tight. Um, some other things like what you're saying is just like if if foam rolling you think is like torture, then um, maybe go for a softer foam roller. Uh, like you don't need to be going for the hardest like PVC pipe thing, you know, like you can get away with uh, one of those little soft guys and that makes it less torturous, but you know you're still getting some benefit. Um, and like kind of maybe work your way into like that gnarly hard foam roller because that thing used to wreck me, but now, now I like it. So that's good. That's good. So you, for those folks at home, uh, well, I mean, they should know that like, you know, there's tons of different foam rollers. Okay. There's a, there's a lot of different products available, but one that I think is really good for people like to entry level if they're, if they don't have a foam roller, there's, there's a pink one. And it might not always be pink one. I've seen green and some other ones, but they're, they're soft. Okay. And they're, they're generally kind of labeled myofascial release or melt method or whatever they're, they're labeled as, but those are like the place to start. Okay. And, and it makes it so it's like, okay, this is uncomfortable, but you're practicing the movements you're moving around and you're finding what your areas are because, you know, Brady, we could generally say like, yeah, cyclists are going to have tight quads. Yes, you're going to have tight IT bands. You're going to have to roll those out. You're going to have tight quads. I mean, uh, tight uh, calves, excuse me. I apologize for the misspeaking there. But that's we can generalize and say those things. But in reality, we might have left leg tightness over right leg tightness. Or you might have the opposite, right? And there's all sorts of stuff that you can start to explore about your own body and the way that you produce power based on the tension you find through the foam roller, right? Yeah, definitely don't expect like both sides of your bodies to be the same. That goes for yoga, like that goes for foam rolling. 
um, you're going to have those kind of imbalances where you need to you need to work it a little bit more on one side, and and uh, your other side might be a little bit looser, might be a little bit tighter. So, um, yeah, just yeah, that's it. that's it. So when people are foam rolling, I think that's important that they take your advice there. That hey, you're don't expect them to be the same. Okay. And from that, we need them to say, okay, well, if they're not going to be the same, maybe I don't have to spend the same amount of time on each side, right? So if your left leg is tighter, be okay with saying, let's just say I'm going to spend three minutes on one side, one minute on the other, right? That's not, that's actually an appropriate way to utilize the foam roller, right, Brady? Right. I mean, work, work smarter, not harder, right? If you, if you don't need as much work on one side, then like, invest some time, right? Like you still need some work, but you don't need to be going at it for, for a long time if, uh, if you're feeling pretty good, but definitely get into that where you need the work. Like sometimes, uh, like it's really easy for me to get on there and just focus on my quads and my hamstrings and stuff like that. But sometimes I go up like into my hip flexor area and that just feels like, Oh man, need some work up there. So Explore around, like use it on your back. There's lots of lots of different places besides just the legs that can can get worked. And I think for everyone, if they're new to foam rolling or maybe they're they're worried, like, well, how do I do this? Right? There's if you go to YouTube, there's lots of great YouTubes out there that say how to foam roll. And they there's how to foam roll if you're a runner, how to foam roll if you're a triathlete, how to foam roll if you're a cyclist, right? Like you, you would probably be beneficial to watch all three because you might be the kind of person that maybe you're seated all day and then you go out and you smash it at your, your ride or maybe, hey, maybe you're driving. We have athletes that drive truck, right? And they're driving truck all day and then they get out and then they work do their workout. So those two people are totally different, right? And their tightness is not the same. So I don't want everyone to just say, well, I need to do the general cycling movements. Well, that's probably a place to start if you're into getting into foam rolling, right? Or even if you're getting into yoga, you're going to go to quote general athlete yoga, yin yoga, etc. But we might find that actually your pecs are overly tight and you have to spend time, you know, up in the upper body section, right? So what I want people to do is I want them to experience both yoga and foam rolling in a new way and, and explore it in a way that will help them be the best version of themselves. Because that's really what we're trying to do as coaches, Brady, right? We're like, we want to help people achieve their very best. And part of that is really saying, hey, let's take these concepts and let's apply them to you because you might not be as uh, cookie cutter as maybe we could just generalize and say, okay, you're a cyclist. So you're probably going to have tight hamstrings. Yeah, everyone, like like you were saying with your massage therapist earlier and like people carry stress in different places. So for sure, it's just about like learning your own body. And, uh, that's important, like for all around training, you know, always listening to your body and kind of finding out those areas where you could use some help and where you're strong and listening to, uh, to the clues that your body's telling you your lifelong partner, it's your body. Uh, so you got to treat it right. Boom. There's the wisdom from Brady Kiss. Coach Brady says, your body is your lifelong partner. Treat it right. Man, I wish I would have heeded that advice when my coach told me years ago, like, hey, rest, rest, train hard and rest hard. And I was like, yeah, I'll get to that. 
So, Brady, I wish I would have had your wisdom years ago. Well, never, never too late. Here we are thank living you, in the present moment, so now's the time. <laughs> well, thank you, Brady. Thank you. And speaking of the present moment, I think it's a great time to – we always like to close out these podcasts with some, some gratuity and some thankfulness. And I'm thankful for so much. But, Brady, I'm going to put you on the spot, and I'm going to make you lead me out, okay? Why don't you share some thankfulness and some some end-of-podcast gratuity? What are you currently – mindful of and thankful for? Uh, that's a good question. I think right now I'm thankful for um, our cycling community. Uh, like I've been having some good rides with a lot of folks lately and like it's just so cool to get out on the bike and, and ride with your friends and get to chat with people that you don't usually see, you know? So like I like that it's like springtime, it's getting warmer, you know, a lot of people are out, the group rides are happening again. So it's good to get out there and see all the people. That's, that's what I'm grateful for right now is our local cycling community. I think there's some good folks doing some good things out there. I love it. I love it, Brady. And I think a lot of people think you're, you're one of those good folks doing good things. So, you know, I had, uh, you're very welcome, brother. You're very welcome. And I, uh, I would have to say for mine, you know, uh, a dear friend of mine lost his grandfather recently and I went to the service and the gentleman was 85 years old and they were going through the service and it was very powerful and very wonderful. Lots of love, lots of celebration of life. And at this gentleman's funeral were no less than 10 people that he went to high school with. 10 people this man went to high school with, right? So think about that. He's 85, right? Graduated when he's 18, you know, probably knew them from when he was 15. So let's just say those people, he had been in his life for 80 years, Right. So along the same lines of you, Brady, being very thankful for the people that you're getting to reconnect with through cycling, I, I have to say my thankfulness is for health, but also for the people that are in your life and the fact that cycling can be in your life for a long time and that the people it brings you around are around in your life for a long time. Those are lifelong relationships we're creating through cycling. And I mean, we're obviously very fortunate big we're coaching. I mean, I have guys that I've been coaching for five years and like, Man, that's just like, I take that as such a privilege. So I'm so thankful for the people that we get the opportunity and the privilege to interact with and, and, and steer their performance to help them be their very best. So I hope that uh, everyone listening will take a moment and, uh, you know, think about something that they're grateful for. And uh, just know that we're grateful for you guys listening and thankful, thankful for the feedback that we get, both positive and, and constructive. Right? right, Brady? We're always trying to push the limits and get better. For sure. Uh, anything that we can do to improve, let us know and tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. I love it. Tell so us what you is... want to learn about. What do you want to talk about, hear about, whatever. I love that. I love that. So one of the things we wanted to do, we focused a little bit on the who, what, why, and how of recovery this time, specifically active recovery. So we're going to come back. We're going to do a little more research. We're going to, we're going to figure out some stuff on passive recovery and some tips and tricks and hacks and just some perspective for everyone to help them achieve their very best and get the most out of the passive recovery time. Right, Brady? That's right. All right. All right. Good. Well, Brady, as always, brother, I think the world of you, I'm so happy that you're a part of Big Wheel Coaching and, and I believe that your athletes are feel the same way too, because they love you. And so thank you so much for joining us again. And, uh, 
We have we have more work to do, brother. We have more work to do. Let's get it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you very soon. Enjoy. <laughs>